0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: Our mobilecom Hour number three of the get right. We're Reggie KG on 105. Through the fan, Kevin Gray, Reggie Latatula. People saying that pets are not kids. Rego Mendoza people saying holding that it. Pets are kids. Yeah. Y'all doing a lot. So people pe- saying that? The people is saying that pets oh are not chilling. Oh, my children. God.
2: I thought y'all were going to support me. They're
1: not chilling. Aisha Morris to the Dallas Cowboys.com. Joining us live in the DFWsecurity.com studios. At Kevin Grace Sports. At Reg at Atula. At Aisha Morris. If you want to give her a follow. Two I On Twitter. Oh, my gosh. I-I-S-H-A. I- can- That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At Rigo Mendoza E-T-C on Twitter. There's people that are trying to get us off the show. They're like, "She's smarter than you guys. Put her on." No. I mean, we could just get up and walk out. Look,
2: please don't. You want to do?
1: Oh, you don't want to do the last, you know, couple hours of the show by yourself? That's
2: so much pressure, y'all. I don't do that to me.
1: I mean, I've done it before. It's cool. No. Yeah, I would not. (laughs) He's better than (laughs) me. I look. I am fully.
0: Open to acknowledging when people are better than me. You you are better than me today because I would not. I think
2: if I was just like answering questions, I could do that. Mm -hmm. I think I could like. You could do do a
1: four-hour question and answer show?
2: I think that you don't understand like how much football lives in my mind.
0: (laughs) Does any of the football from the Cowboys last season live in your mind? Do you have like a? Oh, a,
1: that's a, a hey, that's a good segue. That is
0: not if you call attention to it. Just let it
1: live. You call attention to my segues all the I time. I know that's the
0: best part, isn't it?
1: Um, <laughs>
2: y'all fight like this is crazy.
0: It's called. Are dinner.
2: y'all always like this? Yes.
0: Most of the time, yeah. You should hear oh us when we talk God. on the
2: phone. I mean, I be like, listening to y'all, but to be here in person and to just
0: ex- see the experience, yeah, the experience. I'm the experience. Like, oh, it's so. It's, it, but is it a good one? Is it pleasant? Sure. Okay. Oh, I didn't believe now, that. Now, hold on. You ain't got to uh, lie about it now. So, I've been doing wow. my 2022 Cowboys that's rewatch right. to get ready for the 2023 Lead season. Lead the segment, Reg. Um, and this... this I've been doubling up, mind you. I so... That's right. Yeah, give me the rock. Um, I... Did not think about doing this early enough, so I can't just do one set, you know, one game a week leading up to the season. So we doubling up. So week three and four. Well, let me get okay. my notes I'm against, against the my Giants notes. and the Commandos, respectively. Oh. And first of all, can I start by saying at least one of these games? Because I watched one of them today. I'm trying to remember what I watched yesterday with, or the day before with uh, the Giants. But at least one of these games was a stinker to watch,
1: brother. By the way, what Whew. you're experiencing, Aisha, is me being having been up since 5:30 a.m. this morning. Like, all of that is flooding out at this particular moment. Mm -hmm.
2: So, yeah. Okay, that's, it's okay. Well, I'm glad I was watching these
0: games and not you, because you would have been in trouble. Uh, We'll start with week three at New York against the Giants. And um, the Demarcus Lawrence game. Yes, yes. Um, And some of that was because Evan Neal was getting eaten up, baby. Cooked. Cooked. (laughs) Evan Neal was getting eaten. One thing I did see is, like, uh, Quinn Bohanna, like who, as I saw him on there, I was like, oh, I remember him. Um, Quinn Bohanna did a lot of knifing into the backfield, which I was like, in a way, you want your defensive tackle getting up the field, but what that that opened up a lot of running room, and I was like, so why was he doing that? You remember
2: when you remember like early in the season when they were like, a lot of the players were saying like, do your job, yes. know your role. Oh. We had oh. That's,
0: they were saying without saying well
2: they were I think it was accountability from all sides of like this defensive line is so because at that time they were dominating so being able to rush the passer became a privilege remember you guys you know it's it's been a little while so but so I think a lot of that was going on and that's why that was addressed in that way so everybody played their role
0: Yeah, because it was very evident that that was a problem, especially in this game when you had two running threats in the backfield when we talk about clearly Saquon Barkley, but also Daniel Jones, he's got some mobility to him, and both of them – hurt the Cowboys throughout the course of the season. So obviously, you know, you made that mention like doing your job and it seems like the team in general has uh, embraced that, but also this is where the defensive tackles come in where you really, really anticipate that having Jonathan Hankins who they brought in after this point in the season, right? Like later in the season and then also Mozzie Smith who they draft in the offseason. Those guys are not just going to look at, we want, I'm going to go get that guy in the backfield, but look at the responsibilities of being that defensive tackle uh, or nose tackle and like taking taking up blocks, eating up space and really doing That level of the job, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was very evident in this game that it was not being done by Quinn Hanna there.
2: I do remember this game, though, because this was the first time, I think this was the first time at the start of the season, or maybe it was the Chargers game, that Tony Pollard had 10 or more touches. It was one of the first times. uh, Yes, it was one of the first times it happened in the season. Uh, it, It was one of the only times it happened in the season.
0: And I wonder if some of that was because it was something I made note of in the third quarter. At at uh, nine minutes to go in the third quarter, mm-hmm. they had fourteen run pace, run plays, and fourteen pass plays, like perfectly balanced. Uh-huh. In part because you know you got Cooper Rush there. That was the first or second game rather that he had as a you know full situation there, and it seemed like oh this is an instance where they were actually really balanced, and it felt so run heavy. Yep. And it was obviously in some ways to protect that dude from, you know, the exposure of being back there and being a drop back quarterback consistently. Now, one thing that they did do, and I saw this in week three and week four, and I imagine I'll keep seeing this as we go along through Cooper Rush's tenure as the starting quarterback last season. Oh, boy, they were using a lot of play action. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I I just, why does team, why do teams not utilize this as much? And especially, like, it felt like outside of this time period, they didn't utilize play action as much, and it's just so useful for the quarterbacks to make what they see easier and all those things, and it was very effective. It just keeps coming back to me as I keep seeing them. Like, why are we not doing this as much?
2: Yeah, and C.D. Lamb, like, he went kind of crazy that game, too. I think, I want to say, was that the game where he had, no, it was later in the season where he had the the drop at the beginning of the Giants yes. and he came back, but he they found something with him this is when I think he really started getting busy in that slot like that yep uh and and also too you start kind of seeing them you start seeing them shine too?
0: Yep. Made a note. Two CDs in this game. First mm-hmm. half and the first specifically in the fourth quarter, right? Like beautiful one handed grab. You remember that one that's kind of just like floated out in the left side of the end zone where you just one handed grab for the oh, touchdown yeah. to put them up 20 to 13. Like it was just really good seeing that. But yeah, those those were some of the major things that I saw. Um, and also why run the wheel route. It's the touchdown play, right? I know that that's not how it works, but Payton? it feels like when you run a wheel route, you get a touchdown. I don't know how this keeps working, but You're like
2: about the pay- was this Peyton? Did uh, he have the wheel? I think route? that was Henderson. It was that the, it yeah. was because he had a good game. I remember we talked about it on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And we were like, okay, come on with it, Peyton. And this is this is also too where those tight ends were being used so much more heavy than I yes. think later towards the latter part of the season that there was an emphasis to get the young guys involved.
0: That's actually a great opportunity to like stop down before we move on to week four. Um, when it comes to the tight ends, how do you view this, especially with schoolmaker Schoonmaker coming in? I know there's a lot of people that are invested in like just throwing him into the fire, letting him get a lot of love. Obviously Ferguson, Jake Ferguson has gotten a lot of love, including, you know, comparisons to Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey himself saying something similar. So like where do you view this tight end room? Um, right now
2: I so I think so Jake Ferguson with the work he's done in the offseason and he you can just I know you guys know you watch enough football to where you can look at a tight end and you start seeing like their shoulder shift at the right time their leverage is right like you just start seeing them getting it
1: putting the small things together yeah
2: absolutely and so I think the work he's done on the outside outside of outside of camp is gonna set him apart but um I will say that I I am disappointed, and I'm I'm hoping that Schoonmaker, you know comes back and he's healthy and ready to go. Um, I will, would really love to see him in the mix, but I think that this this tight end room is vers- it's versatile. But Sean McCune is a guy that I've been paying attention to in this last this first couple of days of camp, and I mean he's gotten some work with the ones, but he he looks really prepared also too, and I'm assuming that that's because you know, they're adding guys to this tight end room. So you're going to have to, the competition there is real. So I think that he's a guy too that I'm keeping an eye out front. So I think there's some versatility and each guy can do different things, even Peyton Hendershot. So I think that each guy can do different things and they'll be used in different packages because Mike McCarthy loves his tight ends. If you go look at his time in Green Bay, he yeah. loves and he likes different types of tight ends. He's sure. not like a, oh, this guy has, to, everyone's the same.
0: Yeah, so just one more note on the tight ends. I made a note that this obviously this is a game without Schultz. Schultz was not playing. Mm-hmm. Um Hendershot appeared more. But but both had good and bad, right? Or Hendershot, he had catches, but he also had penalties. And that was one of the things that jumped off. So there was a clear need for an outlet that wasn't there in the tight ends when you missed Dalton Schultz. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of comes back to the idea of rookie tight ends, man. You can't expect them to have the level of production that other tight ends have. I don't know why it works like that, but in the NFL, it does seem to work like that.
2: It's similar to kind of the linebacker room a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's similar to like the linebacker room a little bit, whereas, again, you talked about like, I think I'm confident in Jake Ferguson. Mm -hmm. I think I'm confident in Sean McKeon. I'm looking at uh, those other two. I'm looking at those other gentlemen coming in and stepping up and playing their part. Because especially with Schoon, like, I think people expect for him to be out on the field. But being a first, like you said, Reg, like being a first year tight end, it is hard to make a impact in a very serious way. It's just, I don't think it's normal like that.
0: All right. So, was there anything in the New York Giants game that came to UKG from what from your your recollection?
1: Like I said earlier, it was the the Demarcus Lawrence game. That was his best game of the season. Had three sacks, Mm. and that he reminded us in that game. Oh, this was the guy that got the twenty million dollar a year deal several years ago. That was his best game of the season, and I thought as the game went on defensively, they just they got after New York, and that was a fun game to watch. It was a Monday night game, of course, and. We, we found out the Giants were maybe not as real as what their 2-0 record at the time uh, thought indicated. Yeah. Uh, oh,
2: goodness. That going. was a thing, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, they started off 2-0. You was do-
0: wasn't you one of the people doing it?
2: Ah, Reggie. Well, wasn't you one of the
0: people talking about that okay, uh, no, That, that, the, that the coach we- that he was that he had fixed Josh Allen and was going to go
1: fix Daniel Jones? Wasn't that you talking that nonsense? I did say that okay. at the beginning of the season. And I also remember that was accountability. The, same, the same Giants team that went to Tennessee Who? in week one. And got that last-second touchdown from Saquon and won on the road. It was a good win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I said going into that week, yeah, we're going to find out if the Giants are for real and whether or not the Cowboys, with Cooper Rush, can go into, you know, New York and get it done. And guess what? The defense was able to do it. And Tony Pollard, yeah, got busy.
0: Well, the defense yeah. continued doing it in week four against yeah. the Washington Commandos. Woo! Uh, oh, boy. Woo! Oh, boy. Um, this was an ugly game to watch. It, it was. It was not fun to watch. Um, and you know what the weird thing was? Micah Parsons didn't flash on this in this game in the same ways that he had in the other games. Now, obviously, some of it was just because this was just a team effort. At one point, especially once we got past halftime, it seemed like there was just a whole bunch of white jerseys coming at uh, Carson Wentz uh, indiscriminately. Oh, 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 oh. And this is a negative one. And I guess we don't have to spend too much time on it because he's not going to be playing. Um, there was a lot of Anthony Brown. Like, I see what y'all was talking about in some ways, man. There was a lot of – he was the epitome of almost there.
1: Talking about Anthony Brown? Yeah. yeah almost yeah, there, right? Yeah. Like, even in
0: zone, almost there. I think Carson Wentz had this one play where he steps up in the pocket, zings one in zone just over Anthony Brown to his receiver. I think it was Jahan Dotson on the right side. And it's just like, oh, there's Anthony Brown. Almost there. Looks like he's good in, like in, in good position, just almost there. And I'm very excited for the opportunity to not have to have that this season when mm-hmm. you had look at the cornerbacks that you had with Trayvon Diggs. Clearly in this game you saw it, right? You would throw one way Anthony Brown almost their catch over to Trayvon Diggs, PBU interception, right? Like those were his clear difference. It's nice, it would be nice to mirror that this year where you go, can't throw it over there, PBU. Can't throw it over here, PBU. And I, I want to see what quarterbacks and uh offensive coordinators have to come up with when you look at the corners that this team is dealing with.
2: Oh man. They they trying to take the air out. At the the football man, like I'm like, I think I think that um, they were talking about it. it is like who do you where do you go because even if they do even if teams do decide like okay well, I'm just going to go at the second year player well, with Deron Bland he's shown the ability to take the ball away at a high level so hell led the team in picks last year yeah it's going to be difficult to to do that. So I think I, I assume teams are going to still try to attack you by running the ball. But mm-hmm. if they can't run the ball,
1: Mozzie Smith, yeah. Jonathan Hankins. yeah,
2: And also too just another way to tire out your corner, to tire out the type of corners that you have is to make them have to come up and run support. Yes. So the linebackers and those guys are going to have to make sure that they keep the If you want the machine to continue to be what it is, I, it's nothing wrong with corners coming up and tackling and stuff but most of the time if a corner is coming up and tackling it is because somebody ain't doing their job and there's leakage so to to save their bodies and to keep them able to do what they need to do in coverage yeah let's 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 do what we got to do unless they need to help and run support if they need they supposed to they need to do it but still
0: yeah, man, it definitely felt like this was a game where I was like, oh, okay, the defense is here for real, for real.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Trayvon ran under one for a beautiful interception in that game. And I just remember, yep, there he is. There's
2: seven. He's fun. <laughs> He's fun. He's so fun to watch, man.
1: <laughs> uh, got the hands like a wide receiver and made a – Huge interception in that game.
0: Um, <laughs> just a quick few notes on the quarterbacks because I haven't talked about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both kind of negative, so I'll start with the one for the Cowboys so we can forget that I said it in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Cooper Rush, he had like two or three interceptions negated by penalties in this one. Obviously, we won't think about those because they were negated by penalties, but ooh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the issue. Um, Carson Wentz is funny because like he was hilarious. I legit- literally wrote down the words, Carson Wentz is hilarious <laughs> a couple of times because... <laughs> The talent is there. It's, you can see, I see why people keep falling over, like, falling for it. They're like, the talent's there. I can fix that. No, you can't. Can't like, be fixed. I, I, I try not to talk badly about people, but, like, I don't know. I haven't figured out the, the more nice way of saying this, so please, you know, mea culpa or whatever. The bozo gene is in there. You know what I mean? Oh. And it pops out. And so it's like, the talent is there, except why are you doing that? Carton, what did Carson? No, car- okay, he did it. He threw a pick. All right,
1: here we go. The decision-making is just always, t- for him at times, just, horrendous um but he made some nice throws in that game i mean the touchdown pass he their had worst absolutely and Jahan Dotson was nice that's the problem is that you'll you'll get the good but you will absolutely get the bad
2: no, and I ron like i
1: gotta stake my job on that dude i
2: think his processing is just i think his processing is sped up and not in a good way after you know being injured as many times he has and what he's kind of been through and he's taking a lot of hits because even like i said like the way that the Cowboys lit him up, even that one day, I was like, I don't know. Some of those hits, I didn't know how he survived them. So for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think he see. He sees things that aren't there sometimes, and maybe his processing is just sped, sped up, but in a bad way. Like I said, not he's he's going too fast. He's well, not even going is,
0: through his read. Sometimes the processing is taken too because he just holds on to the football. It's like some of the problems with Wentz is like he's like I am going to make this play, and it's like you don't have to. Um, and I I was I was that was my last thing, but I realized <laughs> I remembered one more thing. As I was going here looking at my notes, um, did I forget it? As I was getting in there, the linebackers was one. Of, yeah, the linebackers looked a little funny in this one. Who was that there? Leighton Van Der Esch and uh, Anthony Barr.
2: Oh. Uh.
0: Looked a little funny getting up, but that wasn't the point, and now I've forgotten the point. It's fine. It's cool.
2: No, no, no. You could talk about it.
1: Well, no, I just I, I forgot what I wanted to say.
2: Oh, to the
0: Did
1: Saquon
2: have a good game?
0: Saquon was doing his thing.
1: You know all that matters, though? What is that? Cowboys got the dub in that game? 100%.
2: They did.
1: 100%. But you're right, the Cooper Rush started to look a little more funny in the light. It's like, all right now. Hey, hey, Dak, you on your way back?
2: Speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of that, he's been making some good throws, but Will Greer is a guy that it came to you? It did. Go but ahead. So we oh, don't you have
1: racing to the deep cut. All right. That's, okay. the, deep, that's the deep cut right
0: A lot there. of first down runs in this <laughs> game, which also, like, makes sense, right? You had Cooper Rush. You understood you wanted to run the football. A lot of first round duns, but runs, but it killed productivity, especially when you have, like, runs that are not successful, and now you're in second down. You Like, there was this particular possession in the second quarter. Run for two, deep fade to Noah Brown, incomplete. And now you're in third and eight, and you're a different passing situation, and now you're putting Cooper Rush under pressure. Like, sometimes those play-calling decisions can be a little sketchy, and I think as I go throughout the season, I'm going to try and watch out for more of those. I'm going to try and dig into the analytics of it, because I think that sometimes that first down could probably doom some of your possessions at times.
2: No, I'm glad you said that, because there's a— that, that's something that was constant with even when Dak was, mm-hmm. you know, that that first and second down, there was a lot of the time where they weren't getting po- positive yardage and it would put, you know, them in these third and long situations. And again, that's why I think the that, the stat on Dak that he was like second to Pat Mahomes in, in efficiency on third down. was like, okay, well that was surprising to me because of the fact that he had to really do a lot. A lot, some, a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I think that that's something that those uh, guys and stats and graphics they'll, they'll start getting into and um, data analytics and figure out like how to be more efficient there. I'm hoping
1: Aisha, tell the folks so they can find you at on uh, your social media.
2: Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at um, Aisha Morrison. That's Aisha with two eyes. And um, I'm pretty interactive for the most part. So if you want to say hi, you can say hi.
1: And y'all play nice on Twitter or whatever they call it these days.
2: Oh, I hope you're not disrespectful.
1: That's yeah. Or else they're going to do what, KG? Block. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mick blocked.
0: <laughs> oh, she put a Mick on there. Yeah, if you yeah. put
2: the Mick, it adds emphasis.
1: That means you can put a smile on when you get it, too. And yeah. get that block. Aisha, thank you so much for your time. We really you're appreciate it.
2: You're so welcome. You. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Coming up next on The Get Right, a little college football musings. What Colorado's return to the Big 12 means. We do it next on The Get Right. Back here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up, though? Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 13 minutes, we will go inside the gray area, where, of course, there is no gray area. You sure? I'm positive. Have you checked? Uh, not recently, but okay. apparently we've got UFOs confirmed in this country or something like that. I don't know if you heard about that.
0: Kind of. It's weird, man. Like, I don't know what it is about going out of town. Um, It's like, I have my phone with me, but I like, I guess spending time with folks, like, you Mm -hmm. know, doing things. I haven't been been able to really tap into anything. Like, I've kind of seen things in passing, but not really been able to dig in um, and get, you know, kind of my teeth into everything. So I kind of saw that, but I haven't been able to really understand and flesh out the details. So I'm not as informed as a typical as Reggie typically is. You know, what I mean, like as I typically would like to be
1: a lot of weird happenings in uh, our nation's capital. I don't know if you saw, um, you know, a senator literally freeze in the middle of speech. I saw something about that again. I, I didn't actually watch it or see what happened with it. Wild times uh, in our nation's capital. Among other things. Okay. Uh, Wild times of college football. Because... (laughs) Another era of realignment, baby! Shout out to Brett Yormark. Because (laughs) Colorado looked around and they looked and they said, Hey, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't have a media rights deal as of yet. But they keep telling us it's coming. It's about to happen. But they keep telling us. And it's going to be fabulous. Like, it's going to be, you know, that deal right there. It's going to be the one. And then they looked up and said, you know what? Hey, 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 Brett, uh, you still got a spot in the uh, Big 12? And Brett's like, actually, yeah, we do. So Colorado today took it. Yeah, and (laughs)
0: what I found interesting was that the teams, I guess, what is it, the 12 uh, member schools, uh, the chancellors and presidents of those institutions, voted unanimously and seemingly pretty quickly to um, offer Colorado a spot in the Big 12, and I was like, okay, but why? Like, and look, I easily could just be missing the boat on this. It's very, but like, Im- it doesn't immediately jump out to me, the value of Colorado. Like, this is not an incredible, this is not a great basketball school. It's not a great football school. Um, like, there's not really an intrinsic value in my mind. So I was interested outside of a very, look, you can speak about coach, uh, coach Dion Sanders, coach prime, as he liked to call himself. That's the value, but that's the thing. Like that's, that's a, the value. That's not a good reason to admit somebody into a conference. Like that's it. That that's that's making a year to year decision, um, or that's making off of a year to year basis a decision that spans decades upon decades. Uh, at least you hope, right? The way the landscape is changing, it might be a five year decision. Um, but that's not enough. In fact, if Deion Sanders does well at Colorado, he would rightfully and smartly move away from Colorado, and then what would you have? Right, if he has two or three good seasons at Colorado, a school with better resources and a better institutional support and better, like you know, all of the better uh, geography, would be calling for him. And then he would, if I was him, and I seemingly his objective is to get the best job possible, which is every coach's, um, you would just go somewhere else. And then what would you have? You would have. The Colorado Buffaloes
1: so the idea would be for the Big 12 you're going to leverage as much as that as you can while Dion is still there and if he does ultimately have that kind of success at Colorado what does that not only do for the popularity of their program specifically but the fact that that coach with that profile has that success in that conference and what it does for the overall landscape of the entirety of of the Big 12. That to me is the pull here when it comes to Brett Yormark, who is the Big 12 commissioner and allow and being able to poach Colorado and bring them back home to the Big 12. Of course, Colorado's planning to exit the Pac-12 to join the Big 12 in 2024, the school officially announced today.
0: Now, you know what I could point to. If Colorado coming out then starts the rush and maybe destabilize the Pac-12, maybe you could say that's the benefit although you were already USC and UCLA were already leaving but like the the remains that seemed to fight fight be fighting to stay afloat if you if this was like Jenga and you pulled out the block that ultimately set this thing on the path to tumble, maybe that's why you say, "Hey, that's why we do this." And now you can go and maybe get Oregon or you can the Arizona schools or Utah, and now you can further bolster your conference to make it more able to withstand this new coming era in college football.
1: And let's think about it from another perspective here when it comes to Dion, because I definitely understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. in terms of Dion may look for another opportunity. But let's look at it from this perspective. Yes, let's say Dion not only turns Colorado around. but also... What does that mean? Will make them a relevant program and a winning program within the Big 12. And what that does, not only for the popularity of that program, but more importantly now, what does that do to raise the profile of that job? And let's say for Dion, let's just say, for example, if Dion stays there, makes that program successful, raises the profile of the Big 12, and now we have the SEC, the Big 10, and the Big 12 reemerges as one of those... Power conference. Colorado
0: ain't putting the Big Twelve on the same page as Big Ten and SEC.
1: My point is, you have a name in Dion who can carry. Dion the- not that big of a name, and Dion is a big oh, name. He's I- not that big of a name. Like, you understand what you're saying? Like, look, who's the most high profile coach in this conference now? In the Big Twelve, I mean, it's Dion. It's Dion. I understand that,
0: and what I'm saying is that name in this, in and of itself is not. Nick, if Nick Saban took the job at Colorado, his name is not in and of itself big enough. To, like, do you realize the reason why the Big Ten and the SEC are big conferences is because of institutional like investment?
1: No, I get it. They would
0: take a long way. From, but I'm just saying. even the idea of making like I did. You see my face when you're saying making Colorado <laughs> a perpetual winner. That's not something. Look, man, college football, and I know we're talking about football. It's all encompassing, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to encompass all of these sports, but football is the one that decisions are made off of because that's where all the money is, right? Sorry to let you know, this is actually professional sports. They trick you very much um but when it comes down to it man like the teams that win usually are teams that are, are the schools that are big and they have investment and they have money. If you see and maybe this changes a little bit, but like if you see a team that has a somewhat sustained run of excellence and they are not like an institutional powerhouse, you will find very quickly, very quickly that sanctions are coming because they cheated, right? Like that's not how this works. That's how this, this game works. Sorry to tell you, right? I understand a lot of people like the underdog story or the idea that someone's going to come up out of nowhere and make something pop and shake up the institution. That's not really how this works. Like college Football is very much about the institutions and the teams that like don't fit into that, that were able to do things like say in Nebraska over, you know, in in the back in the day. The way they were able to do that was finding a market inefficiency. And Nebraska was like, hell hey those schools that don't want to let good players come because they have bad grades. We don't give a damn about your grades. Come over here. Mm-hmm. Colorado fit into that. You don't do that anymore. Like there are now NCAA standards that you cannot shirt. Sure, there's not I don't think that exi- that there exists a way for Colorado to find a market and efficiency to make them a big enough star to raise the Big 12. And that's the point that I'm ultimately making.
1: Well, your are Mark saying today on the uh, the Joel Klatt show, quotes, I truly want to be a national conference in quote, obviously talking about Big 12, um, Colorado joining and rejoining the Big 12, I should say. And look, the, the work that he has done now mm-hmm. going into his second year, what I'm not going to do at this point right now, even with the departures of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, is put it past your mark's ability to possibly get the Big 12 back to the – because that's ultimately what his goal is right now, is sure. get the conference back to the prominence of the Big 10, of the SEC. And, and I don't it. think it's possible. I understand that that's a good
0: mark to set. And when I when I – Actually, what I hear when he says like a national uh, conference, I understand like the idea of having national relevance where anybody in the country would care about your program. I think the way that he's doing that is actually making a national uh, like physical profile conference. I'm talking about Coast to Coast, baby. They're covering a lot of ground now. I think that that might be the way that they're going about this where you're not going to beat the SEC and the Big Ten when it comes to prominence of um, the institutions themselves. But the idea of maybe making a conference that has relevance in all of the regions regions of the country and And maybe that's the opportunity he sees
1: there in terms of finding something different outside of the sec and the big 10 and what they do and being able to be a more national conference but look I'm, i'm loudly skeptical
0: but i also don't know anything right like i'm not i'm not the person who ultimately dictates this we'll see this as it goes but i'm as somebody who has really enjoyed college football for a long time, and I've done a decent amount of watching this, I don't see this as like any level of gotcha move. It could be helpful. Like Some of this is just having a big enough conference to do all of these things, right? Um, but um, I'm interested to see where the Big 12 up.
1: The Pac-12 issuing a statement today. The Pac-12 is comprised of world-leading universities and athletic programs who share a commitment to the developing the next generation of students, blah, 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 blah. Uh, We are focused on concluding our media rights deal and securing our continued success and growth immediately following the conclusion of our media rights deal. We will embrace expansion opportunities and bring new fans, markets, excitement, and value to the Pac-12. The question is, Pac-12, when are you going to get your media rights deal done? It's an an unserious conference, man. It's because right now... We're watching the real time, I think, disintegration of the Pac-12. Because what's to stop Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State? What's to stop any of these schools from looking at their situations and saying, well, if Colorado can get the hell out of here. Well, what are we waiting on? Because clearly Colorado was not willing to wait on the Pac-12 to get their media rights. Hubris. It would be the
0: hubris of those institutions to think they can buoy this thing on on the on their lonesome. Oof. And it would be just that hubris. I, I pity them if that would be the way that they go about this, honestly.
1: Yeah, because once USC decided to take their bag and take their bags to uh the Big Ten, yikes. Uh but that's the state of college football right now. Realignment aplenty across the sport. Colorado back in the Big 12. I wish my Missouri Tigers would come with them. That's oh, y'all, you
0: tired of them whoopings over
1: there? They pay well, though. By the way, that's another thing that Colorado's getting. I believe it's a $37 million, uh, you know, rights share. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, and some
0: of that will be, I'm, I imagine, will be prorated yeah. for the term of the, this current or, deal. I'm that, sorry,
1: $31.7 million media share. Um, but yeah,
0: that will definitely help them out in this, but I still don't think that they have the institutional like uh, wherewithal to really compete at a high level. But hey, I mean, they don't necessarily have to. Now they are at least are in a place where they they can at least stay in the power something mm-hmm. uh, perspective. Whereas if they had stayed with the Pac-12, only God knows where that was going.
1: So get right, Reggie KG, right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go inside the gray area where the Oakland Athletics plans are trash, literally. Next on the get right. About to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area. It's the Get Right or Reggie KG on 105.3. The fan appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-811-053, 877 If you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have your latest headlines on this Thursday as the Cowboys concluded day two of training camp out in California.
0: How's that make you feel?
1: That they've completed day two already of camp.
0: Camp. Camp is here.
1: It's uh, Last time
0: we talked, wasn't camp, Tom.
1: No, it was not. The time has flown by as we are about to turn the calendar from July to August, which means we are just, what, 10 or so days away from our first preseason game in the National Football League. Shout out to the, uh, the Jets and the Browns. Oh, the Hall of Fame game? The Hall of Fame mm-hmm. game. That's right. Uh, At Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at a tool. If you want to get us at us on Twitter again, the headlines at the top of the hour.
0: Also apologize for getting so passionate about the college football last segment.
1: Well, I mean, look, that's right around the corner too. real animated. Um, I mean, as we go inside the gray area, we go here. I mean, they're a polarizing program led by a polarizing individual in Deion Sanders and what, he, it is a Herculean effort that he is trying to accomplish for the Buffalo program, which is to turn that program from the island of irrelevancy into one of the leading programs in that conference. And now, having gotten a $32 million check to leave you know, the Pac-12 to join Brett Yormark's Big 12, we're going to find out how much of Dion's name leads to the kind of staying power that can lead that and turn that program around, because it will be put to the test um, come the next couple of years, and we'll find out as soon as as this year uh, as we go inside the gray area here. So I saw this come across my... Timeline and I was a little concerned because what on X. Well, wh- that's,
0: that's the one time you don't get me to say it.
1: Whatever it's called. Does mama call him Twitter. I'm gonna call him Twitter. I'ma call it Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's know. getting the
3: Staple Center treatment for me. <laughs>
1: oh, it's never gonna be <laughs> You
0: don't call
3: it, you ain't never crypto. called it the crib?
1: Absolutely not, no. Staples Center forever. I, I feel you. Um are you familiar, gentlemen, uh with the actor uh Daniel Kalua? Yes from the famed movie of course get out.
0: I think you kind of made him into alcoholic beverage there. All right. Cuz you said kalua. I think you got to get the y in there. Right? It's kaluya. That's the way I, I believe it's pronounced. kaluya. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean I got who you were talking about, right? Like this yes. is just being pedantic, but anyways.
1: Well, you know that he's going to be producing a new movie. Okay? Uh a new Mattel movie. Oh, we're doing this now. Why can't we just let a thing be good? Do you know which Mattel movie he's going to be producing?
0: Oh, GI Joe.
1: Barney. Uh, that would be Barney. <laughs> Are you for real? Uh, very serious here. Is Barney going to have an existential crisis too? Daniel Kalu is Barney. This is coming from Variety. His Barney movie will be quote gritty. Be more adult and have adult themes. Oh no, what they gonna have Barney doing? And sort and sort of be a little bit off kilter. End quote. <sighs> this I I kind
0: of hate that we're like that. The Hollywood industry has kind of done this, and I understand. Like it it makes sense in some ways. You see something success, successful, everybody tries to replicate it, um, or like, hey, let's just keep doing more of that.
1: Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was like a whole thing. Because, of course, we have Barbie that's, you know, come to is this world. Is a joke? This feels like a joke. No, this is a, a this real thing. This is for real? Because who, he, this. Who, who, who puts up? Variety. Venerable, you know. Is it April 1st? Am I forgetting? No. Uh, this feels like a joke. Uh, but I didn't know this either. Because, obviously, as I mentioned, Barbie's come to worldwide fame. Uh, done extremely well at the box office. Did you end up seeing it? Uh, no, I have not. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh heard it was very good. Also Oppenheimer apparently doing incredible well as well. Oh. Uh. Um yeah, I saw one critic say that it may be one of the best movies of the century. Oppenheimer? Yeah, what's oh, yeah. up like If whoa. it thaws right in anybody whoa. who's like into film criticism? It falls
0: right into that bucket, right? You know, really? Like, I, you know, people who are like, like pre- that sounded a pre- real hyperbolic fi- pretentious film watchers. Yeah, it's right in that bag, baby. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Let me know. Let me tell you. Because I saw that quote, I was like, "This is a little hyperbolic, but it was it was a good film. Oh, but go it's gorgeous. I haven't seen
3: Oppenheimer. yet. I want to. I saw Barbie today, and boy, boy, say it was. I thought it was a really good
1: movie. Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling was acting his keystone. Mm-hmm. Let
3: me tell
1: you. <laughs> Have you seen the meme? Never forget. Ryan Gosling was the same, something about the same dude in Oppenheimer was the same dude that's out here messing up. Oh, Remember the Titans. Oh, remember the Titans. <laughs> One of
0: our favorite things in the
1: world. Arrigo, are White you even old enough to remember that when that movie came out? Remember the Titans?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Uh, I'm 25. I'm going to need to rewatch I, I turned 25
0: the yesterday. Congratulations. Oh, happy Thank birthday. You. Yeah. Didn't even know that. Oh, I remember that because I kind of made him work on his birthday.
1: Anyways, um, going forward. <laughs> oh, that's right. We all, yeah, you. And birthday. now the two of you. Wow, wow. I, you know what? Though? How I, do you feel about Reg making
3: you work on his birthday on your birthday? Well, I actually, I f- did do not feel bad at all because, like, if one of us was gonna go, I don't no, have the funds to. Bad. I don't have the funds to. I can do it. I, I could genuinely make him feel bad, but I don't no, have the can't. funds to go watch Man United versus couldn't. Real Madrid. I don't have the, them funds, so I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm glad that you got to you got to go go see
1: Man United and, and Real Madrid. Let me talk to you. It's <laughs> right nine zero three. Shout out to LA Knight uh, with dozens of children's uh, toys on their film slate. Check this out: fourteen Mattel properties. Oh, Fourteen are in active. Fourteen. De- <laughs> I know you lying right now. Fourteen. Fourteen Mattel properties are in active development, including. See, this is look.
0: I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have gone and saw him Barbie, if, Barbie if I knew this was going to happen. Y'all got to stop doing
1: this. Including Daniel Kaluuya's Barney. Uh huh. Check this out. Polly Pocket, Thomas and Friends, an American Girl. You're lying to me. No, this is a lie. He's. This is an elaborate prank. Nope. I hate it here. Man. I. I wish I could say I was lying
3: to you, but uh, no. Call me crazy, but I think the Thomas the Train Engine movie might not be so bad.
0: No, that's the thing. It's no, like wait, There's what? a couple of these. Maybe that goes well, but just 14, dog.
1: 14. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Kaluuya's Barney, the iconic purple dinosaur, will inspire a live-action film that Mattel has previously described as an A24 type of surrealistic movie. Um, Yeah. It uh-huh. will have adult... Themes, be more adult and have adult themes. I, and sort you, of a bit a little bit off kilter. You know what I'm not looking forward to? What's
0: I'm that? not looking forward to when when that Ooh. when that eventually comes out, and then we have parents that were like, Barbie's supposed to be for the kids. Why is why is this adult? I took my five-year-old to go see this and now they've seen breasts or something like that. I don't know.
1: Now I'm not gonna lie though, a Hot Wheels movie produced by JJ Abrams might be kind of funny. I fire. hate I do you, you know how mad I'm gonna be at that? Oh, you don't like J.J.
0: Abrams? No, I just I'm gonna be so mad at how stupid that is.
1: Well, I, I'm okay. also
0: surprised you didn't say Michael Bay because that'd have been funny.
1: Now that was the name that I thought could be associated to this. But do you remember? Okay, so I thought that the movie, the um, was it the Lego movie and the. Uh Lego. Yeah, the Lego movie. Uh-huh. I thought that was gonna look really dumb. That actually it was kind of funny. No, it was very good. It was it, uh, And this is the thing. There's yeah.
0: possibilities that some of these are good if you find the right uh people to work on them. I just I'm I I'm one. very frustrated that they're gonna do these. I got one for you. Okay. Uh, have you pulled up the list of Mattel I properties? I do have it. I also have a list of Mattel properties. Uh are we gonna play a game where we try and associate these
1: with uh people? I think I got one that you're gonna like. Go for it. Okay, rock'em sock'em robots. Get the hell out of here! Don't we already have a technically real still? Yeah, yes. real still. We already yes. have that kind of. Yes, but that guess is guess who's going to be the, the producer. Oh, is of that this real? One. The star of this? Yes. I hate it here. Yeah, the star of that one. Y'all ready? John Cena. No. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is associated with John oh. Cena though.
0: Don't tell me it's Dwayne the Rock
1: Johnson. Nope. He's like, also associated with this person. Vin I mean, it's cru- that. <laughs> That's the worst of yeah. all of them. That's literally the worst of Good all of them. Good job, Rigo. You got it. All right. That's right. Vin I, Diesel's gonna be the star of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, so you have the real ones. I just
0: pulled up like Mattel's brand portfolio. So clearly Barbie, Hot Wheels, Fisher Price. You want a Fisher Price movie?
1: Would you can I can I interest you in an Uno movie? Yeah, that is one. Get the I told you, it's 14 of them. They they make an Uno. The top performing card game in the world will now become a movie the writer is marcy kelly uno could be like jumanji um they've got one for how about major matt mason the star of that one's going to be tom hanks apparently hanks will hanks will star as the mattel astronaut action figure from the 1960s who lives and works on the moon of course tom hanks will star as an astronaut of course he would
0: i'm so sick
1: I'm so sick. You're not thrilled about that? I'm so sick. You're not thrilled about this?
0: You don't know how many times I wanted to cuss in this this (laughs) segment. I
1: I
3: can't wait until Vin Diesel drops the family line during Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, it's (laughs) (laughs)
1: going to be great. Uh, How about Magic 8-Ball? A film adaptation Mm. of the Magic 8-Ball will probably be a PG-13 thriller. KG, the further you go with this, the more you're gonna irritate. My thing is how are you gonna make a movie about a magic eight ball? Like what what are we doing here? That 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 one I'm a little confused by. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: It's just such it's such a blatant cash grab.
1: I hate it all. I hate everything. Yet they won't pay the actual actors that actually are in these movies. How about that? Bob Iger. <laughs> Poor Reggie's struggling. Yeah, he's he he's But am, am I out here
0: alone? I understand we're about to go to break here, but please text it. Am I out here? Am I the one wilding? Because it's possible. Like, let me know. Y'all shouldn't have made Barbie so damn successful. Yeah, let let me. No, it's not my fault. Uh, It is your fault. You went and saw it. It might be my fault. Oh, Uh y'all let me know, right? Like, am I the one who's wild for looking at this and being like, why are you now trying to make a Scrabble movie? Like, am I the one who's
1: wrong? You know who you can actually blame for all of this? And, you know, in a good way, everyone has been chasing the cinematic success The Marvel Studios. Marvel. Disney, more, better yet. Point the finger at Mickey Mouse. You get the point. Everyone has been chasing the bag since Marvel was able to turn that entire cinematic universe into a worldwide phenomenon.
0: Everyone wants to chase that bag now. Now, this is a great question from the A32. Are they about to show people throwing hands in an Uno Uno movie? Because that's what it needs to be.
1: That's realistic right there. Mm -hmm. That's what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way
0: the way that Uno breaks friendships. Actually, the really one that breaks friendships that is not a Mattel property is a Monopoly.
1: Mm, good call. Good call.
0: It's a bad. It's a bad game for bad people. That's. Ins- I will not
1: apologize. Inside the gray area, where Barney's gonna be uh, having adult themes, apparently. Your headlines <laughs> at the top of the hour. Next on the get right.